Welcome back to Super Flexible Podcast. This is episode 107. Here tonight with the Rated Har Superstar and the, I think, you know, I like the protector of the Super Flexor, John Hogue. <laughs> How the hell are you guys? Good, man. It uh, A couple things here. I, but I, I have to start with this part. I love having 80s music on a platform that didn't even exist until like what 2010 something like yeah. that yeah like the perfect like contradiction yeah it's, it's like a beautiful artwork and it's awesome and it's because yeah. we're the best and i yeah, love that it, i love that it like uh i even i even think more of uh adam sandler when he sings the song wrong in his car and he's like i'm the best i'm the best i'm the best even though it's obviously not it's obvious or whatever you know what i mean but i can do whatever you want here john like we could have came in totally like this if you wanted to this is what the listeners are here for tell me when you know this sounds like 80s oh bring it to the 90s buddy with the ball, the bang, 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 the yeah, seriously. Dude, oh, I'm, God, I'll be so many ways. <laughs> completely honest with you. When I was younger yeah. and that song came out, and I wasn't even the biggest Kid Rock guy. I, I truly wasn't. But if we rolled into Detroit, we were playing that damn song. Like, that was really? what was coming on. And you were just like, oh, yeah, because it just got you pumped. And we were usually, like, kids going there for either some kind of game or some kind of concert. It wasn't, like, what we were doing with the family. You know, it was, like, um, just bouncing and leaving wherever we presided with our family and but yeah we were all just hyped partying kids in a car and yeah that song definitely i remember having that playing off so many exit ramps to get somewhere in detroit for whatever reason so that's kind of weird yeah i i didn't even think about that but it's got like there's extra meaning there for you yeah it man like that would be so like you guys have up in up in detroit you guys have so many different styles of music that you can use like you can make it fit your personality yep. mm-hmm. here in Colorado. We've got, it's John Denver. That's pretty much it. I mean, kind of, we're, we're kind of starting to finally adopt uh one Republic Ryan Tedder. But I mean, overall it's still like Rocky mountain high. That's kind of, that's kind of the song and that's not getting anybody pumped up. Hey, you know, down in Pittsburgh, we got Tony Iris. <laughs> <laughs> So not sure who that do is. you guys do you guys want the rant that I'm gonna apologize yes, about, or do you yes. want the, oh, no, rant, I want the, the rant. my the question yes. of the week? No, it's rant time. Yeah, let's get to the rant. Okay, and and feel free to stop me if I go too far. 
but I don't think that's possible, man. Dude, I've been off. I I, I haven't been a, I haven't done a podcast in like a month now. I need. I'm like I'm ready for anything. Let's let, let's get some real. So fire in our in show notes, I literally have something about a rant, and then I didn't tell these guys anything about it, so they have no <laughs> freaking clue. What I, they're probably kind of like, wow. I hope it wasn't what he was talking about in Voxer earlier today. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I thought you got that one cleared up. So I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> this is, however, a James Robinson rant. Okay. And all I hear about is how he's pretty much done in the NFL after this year and how undrafted free agents go away so quickly and how they're worthless because of the draft capital that's into them. And, you know, you hear a lot of Chris Carson, you hear a lot of Philip Lindsay, um, you hear a lot of Arian Foster as the some of the success stories. But then, like, I, like who are the guys that have been successful and just go go away? So um, shout out to Robbie Jeffries, by the way, at NFL Robbie on Twitter, who kind of inspired this. And we ended up having a good football talk. Um, he is on the cell, James Robinson side, however, so. Um, I truly hope you're listening so you don't feel like I'm attacking you, even though the rest of the world is going to think so, Robbie. Um, <laughs> so so he, he brought up some names, the guys that have completely went away after they hit. And so and this kind of inspired me. This is what people are thinking. Um, Philip Lindsay, Thomas Rawls, CJ Anderson, Peyton Hillis. OK, those are the guys that were not giving a chance after they were successful in the NFL. So anyway, C.J. Anderson, let's start with C.J. Anderson. His best season was five years into his career before he had his a good game. He was After five years, he was RB17. Six, 16 games, 1,231 all-purpose yards. James Robinson is at 516 all-purpose yards right now through five, week five. C.J. Anderson had 38 yards his rookie season, but he went away his after his first season. So they didn't even give up on CJ Anderson after his first year in the NFL that he had 38 yards, but we're giving up on James Robinson. That's what we're going to do. <sighs> Philip Lindsay. He, he kind of is like, maybe I think a little bit outlier in this conversation because he did have two successful years. I'm also sitting here with a Broncos fan. So I'm going to try to be nice, but he was RB 12 his rookie year going into week five. James Robinson was RB six. Um, he, and, and Philip Lindsay, like John, I don't know how you feel about this, but he's a small guy. Like he comes into the NFL at 800, uh, 800, 184 pounds compared to Robinson's yep. 219 pounds. And James Robinson is killing it. Like, and to me, like, I'll, I'll say this too, and I'll try to speed this up. Anybody's replaceable. I don't care if you're second round carry on Johnson, if you're first round Sony, Michelle, if you're Royce freaking Freeman, Rashad Penny, like you're coming at me with undrafted free agents that are losing their jobs. We've got guys losing their jobs all the time. So I understand the risk of an unsuccessful player losing his job. But again, CJ Anderson, five years in before you even cared about starting him on your fantasy teams, yet he still, for some reason, got a chance when they give up on undrafted free agents so quickly. Peyton Hillis. He was running back 50 his rookie season, but they gave up on him. Running back 103 his second season, but they gave up on him his third season. That's when he finally broke out. 
after they'd given up on him because he was an undrafted free agent. That's when they gave up on him, his third season. Do you see where I'm going with this? Thomas Rawls. Thomas Rawls, he had some success. We kind of remember that. But even his that his best year ever, he was running back 25. At, at this point, James Robinson already has more receptions than Thomas Rawls had that, that entire season. At this point now, this guy that you didn't care about. Here's the thing. It's okay that we all missed on James Robinson because we're all in that same boat. Like, And, you know, there's a few of you out there that you probably kind of had your eye on him or you had him stashed. Don't get me wrong. But we were all wrong about him. Like, But at this point, like he's over-exceeded expectations to just such great leaps and bounds. I don't see why all of a sudden this guy that's showing success is going to slip away this quickly when guys, I just mentioned, I'm not even going to be a broken record. You heard what I said. But th- this is the thing. Like, he's here for real. Like, there's no reason for them to just replace a successful running back. I mean, especially this team, and John, I know you've mentioned this before too, this team has so many different needs to take care of other than just running back. And, well, what are we going to do with the running back that was just the most successful piece of our offense? Because, I mean, we drafted him too late to keep him. I mean, to be fair, we didn't even draft him. So how can we keep him as a plug on? I don't know. Like, shut the hell up. If they draft anything other than defense or offensive line, someone needs to get fired. Right. Or quarterback if they draft early enough. And I could yeah, see that. Yeah, which it doesn't look like they will. It doesn't. No, I think. Yeah, I, I hope not, John. And um, I, I think that Gardner's in a horrible situation to like really show that success. But I was hoping there would be like more of a winning record to to kind of make it a little bit tougher for them to justify drafting a quarterback. So I'm a little concerned, man. I have a lot of Gardner, and I, that's definitely one area I feel like I need to diversify. So that was my rant. It's pretty much just kind of like it, it's okay that you missed on this guy and. It doesn't mean he sucks or he's not a Jag. He's on the Jags. Like the things he are doing, he's doing are for real in, in a horrible situation. Like we have running backs that we liked much better that we perceive to be in better situations that are doing far less. And you still like them a lot more. And, you know, I'm not saying you put him above everybody. I'm not saying that at all here, but to just kind of be like, he's done. Like, I don't know. It's it just weird to me honestly like how we seem a little bit slow to this one like what it's going to be year three and everybody's still going to be talking about where he was drafted i don't know um that's what i had to say about that yeah man draft capital for running backs is a different thing and people people love to ignore that like you mentioned all these undrafted free agents that's not even mentioning the guys who are barely drafted Chris Carson, Chris right. Carson, the electric freaking playmaker, yep. has been – they've tried. They tried to replace him, and they could not do it. They drafted a guy in the first round to take his job from him, and he couldn't do it. It's just it, – it's draft capital is not even for, – for running backs, that's not even something to consider. It's not even a real thing. Mm-hmm. Once the draft is over – you might as well forget about where those guys were drafted. It does not matter. All that matters is production. And you you find productive running backs all through the NFL draft and all through your fantasy drafts, to be honest. I mean, yeah. 
including off of waivers. Here we are again with James Robinson. Just the exact same way in Dynasty, that, or the exact same way in the NFL, that they have learned not to spend significant draft capital on a running back. We're, we're also kind of learning that same lesson in Dynasty. I think, I hope, you know, we, sh- we should be. We should be starting to understand that, you know, there's, there's nothing that's going to indicate to you that any, any one guy is going to be better than any other guy necessarily. I love my running backs, John. Yeah. I feel like you're talking yeah. to me. I, I don't Everyone feel like does. I've quite learned yet. <laughs> Everyone does. I mean, it could be a little bit of a shot at heart. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's not meant that way because to me, Saquon Barkley is still one of the exceptions. Stefan Diggs in the red zone. Yeah. <laughs> John, hey, so I'm going to throw it back. Downs, by the way. He, he does. He does. Yes. It's a heck of a night. Um, so I'm going to throw it back even further. Uh, so 1997, the greatest fantasy undrafted free agent running back, Priest freaking Holmes. There you go. Undrafted with to the Ravens in 97. And then, of course, goes on to have an unreal career in Kansas city for several years um, and, and leads many folks to fantasy championships. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm with you flags on Robinson. I think that he is, I think he's by far the best running back on that roster. And I think that, you know, they, they do have so many freaking holes um, that, that they, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, you're not having to pay him any, any money really right, right. yet. Um, you know, you, and, and he's producing. So what uh, you know? And and here's here's the thing about the fantasy community that we. So I mean, we talk about this all the time, but it's so reactive, right? So James Robinson after the Thursday night Miami game, mm-hmm. you weren't selling him then. He he was he was a, you know, I mean, it was it was like he's the next greatest thing, you know. And and now yeah. two weeks later or three weeks later or whatever it is, he has a he has one on a stupid play like, yeah, by him, and, and stupid one, play by him. You know, one bad game, and here we are jumping off the wagon, and it's like, oh, he's terrible, he's terrible. Like, no, just it's not. One bad game does not make somebody terrible. One great game, Chase Claypool is not Calvin freaking Johnson yet. Hope he turns into it, but (laughs) I mean, selfishly, but like seriously, I mean, like it's it's it takes more than one game, or or even more than a few games before. You know, I mean, I so Lamar Jackson, I, and, and this is just to, I know I'm getting off the rails here too a little bit, but like Lamar Jackson has a bad game in week two, and then he has another bad game in week three. And then it's like, well, it's almost, I mean, that's almost a quarter of the season and he's just terrible, you know? And, and yeah, Lamar, obviously, if you drafted him where you drafted him, you're probably a little bit disappointed in the production you've gotten to this point. But like at the same time, you know, people moving him completely out of and, and Swags. I know you're a little bit lower on him than most, but like I still, I mean, I mean, I would anticipate that you probably haven't moved him outside of like your top five quarterbacks no, at this point. Uh, no, Maybe I don't you have. Think you can no. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's just it's such a the community is so reactive, and I think we we really really need to push back against that. It doesn't mean that you sit still and don't take notice of what's happening, but you also can't just tinker every week with with your values on these guys because you know they they self-regulate essentially over the course of an entire season typically not Mm -hmm. always but typically so 
you know, the, and, and, and with Robinson, you know, again, I, I just, I think I'm with you. I, I like him. I, I think he's proven that he's the best back in that backfield by far and, and has been good. I mean, I have him on, I have him rostered in a lot of places and I'm glad I do because I've been able to, he's a plug and play right now, even with this week's performance, like I'm playing him next week. I'm not even thinking about it. It seems like a lot of times too, like on the Twatterverse, you run into like the value argument, like you'll make a bunch of valid points and then the counterpoint to all your arguments is, but the value, but the value. And we all have a good idea of the value, the perceived value that we try to play this game based on a market instead of winning like i enjoy trading as much as the next person i i truly do like it's such a fun part of this game and i don't want it to go away so don't take this next part away but that's not what it's we're here for in the end like we want to win we don't want to control this ever-flowing roller coaster of a market that is fictional and we're creating ourselves by hyping one thing or the next thing like we discount production for value so i am contractually um forbidden from agreeing with that that whole like trading isn't why we're here thing i i can't <laughs> i i legally i will get in trouble if i um <laughs> say to the contrary but so, I, I love but, to trade like i'll yeah i i, I hear you but you know what i mean <laughs> I and, do. Swag. And, I'm just messing with you. And trading is trading is how to, you know it's part of the vehicle of how you get to that end. So yes, you know it's still it's still a pretty big part of it. Bigger in some leagues than others. If but only value yeah. got you points, though. Right. Yeah. And and that's yeah that's the whole thing because you know if if that if that was the game if it was just value then you know this. This this would be so. I mean, this would be absolute insanity for one thing. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, you would you would just have no way of of ever keeping up with it. You Dude, know? Could you imagine if like, like at the end of the year, like you had to take like an average, like somehow you put your value, <laughs> the value that you had on your team, into the like championship? Yeah. Like yes, uh, yeah, but exactly. my team adds up to this much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I ha- I I, I uh, commission a league, um, and it's just a redraft league. I kind of built it off of. I actually had a, a, a have a long standing uh, home league that um, I created an auxiliary league off of that one. That is, uh, it's it's a combination of things. It starts off as a thievery league, so um, we do uh, we do all play, and the top scorer gets to steal one player from anybody who they outscored and then Mm. you know you can only get one play you can only have one player stolen off your roster in a week but um and then you know the second highest score gets to steal someone from anyone other than who the top scorer stole from and so on and then we also have a vampire the vampire gets to steal from anybody that they outscored and then uh and then it's going to turn into a guillotine league here in a, a week or two so um, in the end, does everybody steal somebody except like the last place team? Am I, um, am I reading that wrong? Not not always. No, because because again, so you can only have one. You can only get one player stolen from you. So if the team that scored the most mm-hmm. steals from the team who scored the least for mm. that week, then, um, you know, the, the team that scored the least, they already got one player stolen. 
And so that's one fewer player like this. The team who scored the second least isn't going to get to steal anyone. Ah, you know, I gotcha. So there's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of fun. Um, but the point being last week in week four, I had the high, uh, the highest score in the league. And, uh, um, the vampire had the second highest, so I was the only the only team that didn't get vamped. The vampire is a steal from everybody that they outscore, regardless of they if they had a thievery or not. Mm-hmm. But um, it, you know, so uh, and I had this this team that just looked absolutely loaded and just unbeatable. Plus, I got to steal a player, and I was the only one who who didn't get anybody stolen. So. I went into this the following week with this entire team intact, plus uh, plus Josh Jacobs, who I stole from the last place team, and like the, I mean, this team just looked absolutely ridiculous, unbeatable, like I said. And then I scored the fewest points this week. Like this thing is just so it's such a revolving door. If you're going off of what just happened, mm-hmm. you're never going to be able to keep up. Yeah. And that's the whole point. Like people are people get they, people go to extremes on in both directions based on what just happened. 2 weeks ago, you know, James Robinson after that what was it three touchdown performance or whatever. Yeah. He was like people were ready to take him in the first round of dynasty drafts. Yeah. And now after one bad game we're willing to bitch, you know, totally just ditch him. Yeah. Like DK Metcalf uh, all of a sudden is the dynasty wide receiver one really and here's one swags you're gonna hate this one <laughs> i'm ready for it you're gonna hate this one but it's this is a conversation josh allen uh it's actually not <laughs> or deandre swift it's it's your your latest man crush oh at the quarterback position and i am inc- I, I am so impressed by justin herbert mm. but people are going way too far with him I've got him in my rankings, in my Superflex rankings, yeah. one spot ahead of Tua. And there is no way on earth that anybody is going to to value Justin Herbert and Tua the exact same right at the moment. And there's right. the reason for it. I mean, I, I'm kind of hitting you on in two different fronts here of swags because I know that you also don't like Tua. Um, I mean, he's but, not on like, any of my teams. Yeah, but I mean, I, it doesn't I, mean I'm, I, I, I'm ready I know to that, see Tua. Right? Yeah, and, which and that's the whole thing. That's the whole point. Justin Herbert's on the field, yep. and he's he's doing great. But with Tua, it's out of sight, out of mind. People are forgetting about the fact that he's supremely talented, and that for the longest time we were convinced that he was going to be the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. Mm-hmm. We were. You know, up until basically about what, like halfway through the 2019 season, when it looked like Joe Burrow was going to actually complete one of the best seasons that, you know, pro- possibly yeah. the best season a college quarterback has ever had. Like before that, we were still sold on Tua. And then Tua gets injured and, and you know, that kind of sealed it as far as his dynasty value goes. But I mean, like nothing has really changed. Since then, he didn't forget how to throw a football. You know, he just he's just not on the field right now. Justin Herbert wasn't in that conversation, but right now he's on the field. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think another thing I like about Herbert right now and and absolutely you're you're absolutely right. But is his poise 
after the games when you see him in his post game like interviews and stuff and just his stature like i think he looks like a young totally. professional totally totally i i said i i said that i was going after swags but it's actually brian's the one who really kind of planted yeah. his flag on on Hard justin threw it out this there. week yeah yeah and so what's, no, no go ahead well go. I, all I was gonna, I'll, I'll talk. Finish your thought, John, because I wanna, I wanna make sure that it's completed before I, I start going into my, my Herbert stuff. Yeah. Well, I, you know, so the, the, the problem <laughs> is I'm kind of about to give it away for anybody who missed it. Uh, but the tweet was essentially mm-hmm. that Justin Herbert may be the next Pat Mahomes, and you know, just in terms of career trajectory and. You know, I, I like the boldness of the call. I certainly like the idea of, you know, getting in on Herbert early. He he looks like he's got staying power for sure. My thing is, like, what it kind of triggered for me was the idea that, um, to me, Justin Herbert is Deshaun Watson. You know, we're seeing that same type of production that we saw from Watson in his rookie year. And, you know, there's no reason to believe that he's going to take a major step backwards. This is still going to be an upward trajectory. But, you know, to me, Mahomes in this scenario is Tua. And it's not necessarily based on talent. It's just based on the fact that people legitimately had Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. significantly, ranked significantly higher yeah. than Yeah, it's kind of hard Pat to remember, Mahomes but yeah, that's point. a good point, yeah. It, at this point in their rookie yep. year, yep. yeah, people, people had Deshaun Watson as a, you know, a top, like, two or three dynasty superflex quarterback mm-hmm. dynasty quarterback and pat mahomes just wasn't on anybody's radar and as the season went along it was the same thing it was pat mahomes was just the ultimate lotto ticket and it's just because he wasn't on the field yeah he was basically redshirted yep I, and i'm just saying get ready for the same thing and that's why i have him ranked that way just in case just in case Tua finally gets on the field and ends up being the far superior player to an obviously great elite level potential player with Justin Herbert. Yeah. So for me, we're like, we're like splitting hairs here when it comes to talking about these quarterbacks. I mean, obviously look, I mean, Pat, Patrick Mahomes is, 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 I mean, this dude is on a trajectory where if he keeps doing what he has done over the first three years of his career, he's going to be the greatest quarterback that's ever played the game period. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it ain't even going to be close. Like he's gonna break all the records. He's gonna win shit tons of Super Bowls, likely. Maybe not. I mean that that one's a little bit because we've seen great quarterbacks in the past who haven't. You know, it took John Elway forever. John, so mm-hmm. happy that he got those because he <laughs> deserved it and he earned them. Um, you know, uh, you you see guys like Brett Favre win one, Aaron Rodgers win one. Um, you know, so Dan Marino didn't win any at all. So I mean, it 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 takes more than just one player. Having said that, if I had to put money down on a quarterback winning Super Bowls in the future, uh, all of my money would be on Pat Mahomes. I mean, he—he's he, just—he makes everyone around him so much better. But but look, it makes me warm and fuzzy inside that you that you see Justin Herbert as Deshaun Watson. I'm okay with that. Like, holy Hell yeah, shit, we'll take that. Like all day. All day, if he turns into Sean, and and I think you know when we're talking about dynasty quarterbacks and dynasty quarterback value and and all of that, I mean Deshaun Watson is in the conversation with those elite quarterbacks. Mahomes is just so elevated that it's ridiculous right now. But I mean Watson's right there. I mean he's not he's not 
right there, but he's kind of right there. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's oh, yeah. when you talk about the young quarterbacks that are elite level. Obviously, it starts with Patrick Mahomes, as it should. But then you're talking Watson, you're talking Dak, you're talking Lamar, you're talking Kyler. Maybe I know some people don't <laughs> love Kyler Murray, but you know, I mean, on him too now. <laughs> Damn but, it. <laughs> but, but um, but yeah, I just you know, I I think Herbert to me. And by the way, also since I put that tweet out, all Justin Herbert did was throw for four touchdowns against the Saints <laughs> in the dome on Monday Night Football, which That's has never so. been done by a rookie quarterback ever so um yeah that's all he did but uh yeah i mean look there there's and and i think you're right i think i think tua tua was the guy that everybody thought before he hurt the hip right before he had the hip injury he was probably going first Mm -hmm. you know and and before joe burrow smoked a cigar after an (laughs) epic senior season too but um you know i i mean it would not shock me at all to see tua um be in that elite tier as well i just think the difference is is that everybody expected that with him herbert nobody really expected that i mean not nobody really expected that come on i mean yeah, they were kind there of were there were some people right i mean there were some people that were like okay like with the draft capital he's got a big arm but like uh, i'm not sure and now here he is after four games starting five games starting now the team isn't winning but it's not a, because of him I mean, he's he's done everything possible to lead that team to victory. Um, you know, I, I just I love what I see. The arm strength is unreal. The accuracy on deep balls has been really good, which is a surprise for me. I, I did not see that in the college tape. So that's um, that's honestly been even more impressive to me than than the the arm strength down the field. Yep. The, the touch. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, and he had he has some rushing upside, you know, and Still and more mobility. Yep, yeah. and more right, and more than that is the mobility to keep plays alive. He's going to yeah. be a guy that if he keeps his head up and and eyes down the field, that he's going to make a lot of big plays. You've already seen that. Yep. So, um, yeah, I like I, I, I like Herbert quite a bit. Me too. My favorite thing with him is the confidence. Mm-hmm. He takes some he takes some shots that a lot of quarterbacks just wouldn't even take, and you know what? He completes them. Because he's got NFL-level wide receivers. I mean, he might even have, with Keenan Allen, he's got one of the one of the absolute best route runners and, yep. and, you know, just the best set of hands in the league. But, you know, you still, you still have to give him a chance to catch the ball. You still have to put it, you know, reasonably close and, and just, just have the confidence that that guy's going to go get it. And Keenan Allen does that. Yeah. Um, it, it, but it's and it's such an underrated thing. But like that's that's the difference between an elite quarterback and a guy who's you know just kind of running out the clock until he gets replaced yep. by the next guy. And then Keenan Allen went out with the back injury, injury, and he was like, "Well, let's get to know Mike Williams too." Yep. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Yeah, Herbert, I'm enjoying that for sure. Herbert was gonna be my. Uh, uh, public public nervous announcement for this week, but um, I, I, like I backed it. off of that because uh, first of all, they're on bye in week six, and then uh, when they get back, he'll have Keenan Allen back. So you know, it all just falls back into place. Um, well, we have to get to studs for duds, but I think it would be a shame if we we left this show without talking a little bit about Dak. Ooh. 
Yeah. And what to do? What I mean, what are they going to do? Do you think the Cowboys are really going to tag him or keep him? You guys kind of know how I feel. Mm. Why would they? Let's not right. be nice guys here. Let's not say what we want for Dak. But what's really going to happen? They didn't want to pay him while he was healthy. They, yeah. I mean, why why are they going to want to pay him now? What he wants anyway. Listen, especially when Andy Dalton has a better winning percentage at the end of the year than Dak Prescott yep. did. And, and that's another point, John. Dallas didn't have a winning record last year, and they don't have one this year. They were one and yeah. three with him before this week. They're two and three now. And yeah, yeah I think that's a great point too. You too, mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The disrespect. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's, it's not. A, <laughs> <laughs> it's not our disrespect, man. man. It's not our disrespect. I love Dak. <laughs> Dak deserves better. Dak yeah. deserves better than all of this, honestly. And that's why Absolutely, like, I dude. would. Dak deserves to be. I don't know, Indianapolis Colts, like, actually get the offensive line that he's been promised but this entire time But now you're being nice about it. You're being nice about it. And that's not yeah. what we're Here, doing. Here, I'm going I'm, I'm to be not nice for a minute. I'm going to be not nice for a minute. And this is not directed at Dak Prescott whatsoever. I'm going to be not nice at Jerry fucking Jones. Because here's the thing. Jerry, you are not the smartest man in the room. In fact, you're a dumb fuck. You're a dumb fuck. Okay? You've Brian's been looking for your... You have been looking for... Swags, I'm sorry. I'm making you work, bro. Brian oh, was no. waving a, uh, a bottle over everybody. <laughs> Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones has been looking That's... for his franchise quarterback since Troy Aikman in the 1990s. They haven't won a playoff. They didn't win. They, he, he thought Tony Romo was the guy. And all due respect to Tony Romo because Tony Romo put up shit tons of fantasy points and probably was a better quarterback than he ever was given credit for. Having said that, he wasn't a franchise guy. He never led them to the playoffs. They, they didn't make the playoffs. Got to win. You got to win, and Dak did. Dak took him to the playoffs, and then he got ran into Aaron freaking Rodgers. So With what are like we, an 8-8 eight 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 record, he <laughs> you know? took him to the playoffs in a weak division. <sighs> a division that had a Super Bowl winner eight in the last eight. three years. Eight and eight last year, right? I mean, I, I'm, I, I should look before I speak, quite honestly, but I'm almost positive Dallas was eight and eight last year. He hasn't... I, I just don't... But I just don't think that Dak... like. Dak doesn't lose the Cowboys games. Romo occasionally lost the Cowboys games. Dak doesn't. It's not Dak. Yeah. It's it's not Dak. It's the defense. They they can't. I mean, they can't stop anybody. Yeah, I hear so, you. Man. I mean, I, I understand what you're. But then, and, and but I then hear we you, we get these this how amazing Dak is while he's always playing from behind because whether it's the defense's fault or the team's fault or his fault, he's always playing for. He's gonna put up gaudy numbers if he's playing from behind. Is what I'm saying. That's his game. His best year was last year where he had 5,000 yards playing from behind all damn season. I don't know why, but anyway, why would they pay him now if they didn't want to pay him then? Because it's the right thing to do. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think you're it right. It is I think the you're right thing if to do, if we're, not playing, if we're not playing nice guy, we're, if we're not, not playing yes, nice guy. You don't get to, then, you're not running the Cowboys, unfortunately. Damn, you love Wildcats about to bust out right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'm not running the Cowboys. Um, I, I I might do a better job. Not really. I mean, look, I as much as I can't stand Jerry Jones, I don't, you know, I don't claim to be able to run an NFL franchise. Um, I, do. I, I do think I, John, John does. <laughs> I tweeted um, that today. I tweeted it yet again. Yes, yeah, that, that. Uh, dynasty players are smarter than NFL front office executives. And then Bell got That's, cut. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> because they kept trying to trade. They've been trying to trade him for a year. Had absolutely no leverage and could not do it and still don't understand why. And then finally had to just drop him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, the Cowboys have been one of the worst run organizations for two decades now. What's what's the common denominator, John? Jerry. Jerry Jones. Yeah. Jones. Trying to trying to run that that front office when I mean, we already know that NFL executives just by and large, they're just not nearly as smart as they think they are. But he's not even that. He doesn't have that scouting background. He's just a rich oil tycoon yep. who happens to own that team and thinks that that qualifies yep. him to run it. He runs mm-hmm. it like shit, and he always has. And I this hope I'm wrong. This about isn't a this. Dak problem because again, Romo had the exact same issues, and before that, you had a bunch of guys who couldn't even couldn't even accomplish what Romo and Dak have been able to accomplish on this team. And and they were the other side of this. If you're Dak. You're not signing that franchise tag. No way. There's no freaking way. After this injury, like he's not signing that. So they're either going to have to pay him a contract that he's happy with, or he's going to be somewhere else. And and he will be somewhere else. I mean, that's another bright side of this. I mean, John mentioned the Colts possibly. Um, Steelers could be looking for one. There you go. (laughs) Chicago is going to be in the market. Yeah. So, but they won't pay a quarterback. They don't pay quarterbacks either because they had an opportunity to bring Cam in on a league minimum and didn't do it. Which, but what's weird is so, like, how much are they paying Nick Foles? Though? <laughs> well, that's true, John. I, yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's a matter of finances. I think it's just a, a complete lack of. I mean, again, <laughs> front office intelligence. And this is, this, I'm I'm willing to bet that at the time that Cam Newton met with Chicago, that he was not willing to take the veteran minimum yeah that's a good point too might have been earlier in the process but but chicago definitely needs a quarterback at this point so then it then it comes to dalton like what what i mean they can probably get dalton for 15 million a year opposed to paying Dak 40 Mm -hmm. i don't know that doesn't sound that stupid to me i mean yeah the good guy that we like in Dak prescott is out but then they get dalton for fraction of the price compared to like NFL starters at this point. I bet Dalton would sign for four years, $15 million if they offered it to him. And, and they get to keep Zeke and Gallup and Cooper and yep. sign CD Lamb eventually. And, and you know, Dak's not maybe get that. Some defense. Dalton, yeah, no. I think gets a little too much shade too. I mean, this is by far the best situation Dalton's ever been in outside of the defense that you talked about, but at least that defense isn't going to be going against, him, he's he's got one of the best offensive lines in the league that he gets to be behind versus being with the Bengals. He has better weapons than he's ever had. I mean, he had a little bit of time with Boyd and A.J. Green at the same time, but they were both kind of never there together at the same time for him. Now he gets the players you just mentioned, Lamb, Gallup, Cooper, plus Zeke. And I love me some mixing, but plus Zeke. I mean, this he's never been in this good of a situation. I'm excited to see what Dalton has, um, which brings me to this point. I think he is the best value in Superflex leagues right now. Tell me why he shouldn't be worth a first when you can go get him for a second. Why isn't he worth a first? Can you get him for a second? I think that's the I first did. question. I did on the night really? of the Dak injury. On my only team that I had Dak Whoa. on, I I got him for a, 22, a 2022 second. 
because I didn't have a twenty a twenty twenty one. Yeah, man. Yeah, I I wonder how normal that's going to end up being though. Because so I what I can tell you is in uh, one of my home leagues, and I actually was asking you guys about this today. You know, in terms of of fab. Um, and we were really just kind of talking about rookie picks versus fab, but the, the ultimate goal was to accumulate enough fab to Mm -hmm. go all in and win Andy Dalton, because I mean, he is the prize of this season. Like I, I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of another quarterback, another backup quarterback coming in who, you know, if, if they were available on waivers, regardless of who it is. If they're available on waivers, that you don't, you know, who who you go harder after than Andy Dalton. Yeah, like maybe Jameis Winston. If Breeze were to go down and Jameis Winston's on waivers, maybe you push as hard to get him as you do Andy Dalton. But even then, I'm I I don't think so, man. I don't think that there's a a proven quarterback with the. I mean, he's got Andy Dalton's got the best wide receiving core in the NFL. Yeah. Like that—that's what he's walking into, and this is still a good offensive line. It's nowhere near where it once was, but it's still, you know, it—it's—it's it's still probably top half of the league, I would assume. Mm-hmm. So, you know, putting that guy in that situation—is there a better opportunity for any backup quarterback in the NFL? I, I just don't see it. Right, and, and then with that said, are any of those backup quarterbacks as good as Dalton? Or as experienced, right. should I say? Right. Yeah. And a few who are, it's like if they get in, are you are you going to be anywhere near as excited about them? Yeah. You know, in that situation. So, so yeah. I mean, I think that you got to go all in for Andy Dalton. And so, you know, in in this home league that I'm talking about, it's the the name of the game is acquire as much fab as you can because it's going to take it's it's going to be a bidding war. It's going to be an arms race. And it's going to take an all-in bid to get Andy Dalton. And we're talking like a 200% waiver claim. 200% of FAB starting budget waiver claim to get him. That's kind of what we're looking at here. A $100 starting budget, the winning bid is probably going to be in the neighborhood of $200. Hmm. So, which to me, that's, I mean, that should be more than a first, right? So can we address can we address something else that we were talking about today? This is related to Andy Dalton. Yeah. Um, so the three of us are quarterback early, often, and a plenty. Very much. This so. is why. This is why. Guess who has Andy Dalton on their rosters right now? Shane, John, Brian. <laughs> we have Andy Dalton on our rosters right now. Guess who's sitting without a quarterback? You, you Dak Prescott <laughs> manager who doesn't have any backup quarterbacks because you you drafted Dak and then you didn't pay attention to the position until round 13 dude even me and I mean the Dak share that I had was in a it's an older league but still like until the injury happened I I hadn't even tried to pursue Dalton we've had conversations about Dalton well before this and and still I was so kind of lackadaisic about it to the point where I was just like Jesus Christ now I'm gonna have to pay more and rightly so I'm gonna have to pay more and that and I got him for a second which um, I can tell, I can tell you guys don't mind that, but but I could have got him probably for a third a month ago. Um, yeah, but yeah, even me, I was so so. I'm sending out offers for Dalton and just to see if this second thing works while we're finishing up the show, sending out a couple offers at least. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, you might as well. My my feeling is if you don't already have Dalton, you probably missed mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to just kind of let it go. But it does bring up a question that I have for you guys, which is, you know, the, something that I think maybe we should revisit, um, something that we've talked about in the past, but, you know, kind of kind of shrugged it off. But maybe now we need to reconsider a little bit, which is handcuffing quarterbacks in Superflex. Yes. Is that something worth doing just across the board in certain situations? Because, you know, I I will say like the leagues that I have Andy Dalton in, it's not because I have I also had Dak Prescott. Right. You it was had more too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean I had Dalton last year and and probably even before that. And, you know, he lost all his value and there was kind of no point in trying to trade him even to the DAC owner because I wasn't going to get reasonable right. value for him. And I now, think he'll be in a situation where he starts next year, even if it's not with Dallas. Yeah, very possibly. Yeah. So, I mean, so I guess that's a question, you know, like it, it, is there a point where, you know, handcuffing your quarterback stops making sense or is it just across the board? Make sure you've got that guy. I mean, this COVID year, I think it, it's tough to argue. I think there's a lot of people that are feeling like they kind of got burned already just from their quarterback strategies. I think this COVID year they're, they're starting to believe in it. And then I think there'll be a lot of people that are just like, this is stupid. I don't want to play anymore. I really do. I'm not trying to be mean. (laughs) Well, the, the, and the crazy thing is though, I mean, we've only lost one quarterback to COVID so far. Yep. Like it feels like it's been in, an extreme season as far as quarterback injuries already, but we've only lost one of them because of COVID. Yeah. So far we, we did. And you're, you're right. I think what it is too, is the tinkering of the lineups and even like going into this Tuesday night game, you're like, wow, did, did I make the right choice on Josh Allen? And then you're finally like, Oh yes, they're playing today. Sweet. Like I'm, I made the right choice. And I think it's some of that too, is just the angst of, those games and the cancellations and getting moved back. But you're right. There only has been one starting quarterback to get COVID, mm-hmm. but I think that's just yeah. the season and just the tinkering and the issues. I mean, yeah, we've only lost one to COVID, but yeah, people have lost Haskins, which I know like isn't the same. Um, and even mm-hmm. like Mitch, like people had whatever their strategy was, whether they waited late and they thought that they, they were going to get cute that way. Like, People have lost quarterbacks that they thought they were going to be playing with this year. But yeah, you're right. It it wasn't yeah. it hasn't just been COVID. I mean, it's just been a crazy year. <laughs> yeah, it just it all feels like COVID. Like Tarod Taylor feels like COVID. <laughs> that was just <laughs> such a random thing. Like his doctor punctured his lung. Are you yeah, kidding me? Seriously. And you're telling me that that wasn't sabotage? That wasn't on purpose to get Justin <laughs> Herbert out there? Because he knew that Justin <laughs> Herbert is a far superior quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. It just it, like you just kind of chalk that up to 2020, even though it wasn't actually COVID. It's like something that would only happen here in 2020. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy year. I mean, honestly. <laughs> um, But yeah. So would you guys pay a first for Dalton? Yes, easily. Yeah, I think I would, too. I mean, I wouldn't be overly thrilled about it, but I also think I'd do it pretty. You know, I mean, I think I'd do it. If I needed quarterback mm-hmm. help, yeah. If you're contending, because right, I mean, the right. thing, that's like, the other thing. Yeah, 
you know, at this point, you know that you're going to be able to guide that first into the back half of the first uh, of the first round. So, you know, it's it's not like you're giving up 101 or even a shot at 101 sure, sure. for, you know, for that quarterback. And it helps so, you. And you might have something yeah. for the future. Yep. Maybe, yeah. you know, I'm not and I'm not all in on that idea, but I don't think that it's a crazy scenario to think that Dalton is a starting quarterback in 2021 for one of the 32 teams. For sure, yeah. But, man, Brian. Brian is really good at studs versus duds. <laughs> I know. I've been trying to come up with, the like, the moonshot <laughs> just and to try and get he's, he's even good when he doesn't actually show up to play. Like, he still wins. That's what <laughs> happened. To, Brian was genius last week, and he took Dak against Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, yeah. Because he knew that Dak's foot was going to fall off. Yeah, it's <laughs> Brian's fault. It's not my fault. Don't you put that How evil on me. How dare you hex me. Don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> so Dak was 100% owned to Teddy Bridgewater's 42% ownership. And that so that's 58 points to the plus side because Teddy did obviously beat out Dak last week. And Teddy had a decent like fantasy game anyway. He got 20.82 points to Dak's 13.94 so who knows how how that would have I think Dak probably would have taken Teddy out, to be honest with you, if Dak played the whole game, but we'll never know. So Brian got sixty-four point eight eight points last week, and he puts that on top of uh, I was silly and put the scores in the I'm fumbling around notes. Puts that on top of his eighty-nine point eight two points for hundred and fifty-four point <laughs> seven to continue to lead the way. Um, Bill went big last week with the 2% ownership to Kyle Allen, who, as we all know, left that game injured as well. It sounds like he's still going to be the starter though. Um, Kyle Allen could be somebody still like, if you're having some issues with your quarterbacks, you could maybe throw in an offer for Kyle Allen. Um, but to Carson Wentz at 66% ownership, Carson had 19.42 points. So Teddy beat him and he beat Kyle Allen or wait. Yes, Teddy did beat him. <laughs> and Bill gets another donut for a total of zero plus zero plus zero plus zero to equal a donut. Wait, and can you get negative in this game? Nope, no negatives. Oh, nice. No negatives Score. in this. You either get points or you don't. So that's kind of cool. nice. But, I mean, if Brian keeps it up, it, I don't know. And I mean, Might have to change the rules. Yeah, the Brian <laughs> rules. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Also, because I'm going to treat this like a defensive offside free play. We're going to let you go first, too. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, yeah. Like, but, but first, I, I got to tell them about Justin Herbert and Big Ben. Little Ben. Yeah. Little Ben. It's Little Ben now, big guy. <laughs> so, Little Ben is 84% owned, and he had 21.36 points to Justin Big Herbert. Had That doesn't roll the same as Big Ben ever did, but... Big, big Justin. <laughs> there you go. Big J. <laughs> 27.36 points for 50 points. I I'm rarely do land on the even side to get no decimals. How did that happen? They just had both 0.36. That's all. <laughs> that was easy. So um, add that 50 to me. Brian, I'm only behind you by like 18 points. 136.78 to your 154.7. So I'm I'm also going I'm coming for you as well. If you ain't first, you're last. That's right. I don't even know what to do with my hands. 
Um, uh. Man, John, I'm excited to have you playing this game with us tonight. I'm also kind of yeah, thinking you'll take some of my guys. Very possibly. I mean, yeah, because first of all, obviously, I mean, I haven't podcasted in a month, so this is uh, this is my first shot at this this season. So I'm two games behind you guys. And couple that with the fact that Brian put up a, an imaginary number on his first time. Yeah. So video game like numbers. I'm, and and part of the problem here is, you know, the uh, uh, the here in week six. First of all, we've got several bye weeks. The other problem is the good quarterbacks generally have good matchups, and the bad quarterbacks have bad matchups. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a tough week um, for all of us, I think. But uh, I'm going to take Josh Allen going up against Kansas City as uh, as my stud. Um, 99% owned, it looks like. And uh, I, 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 Kansas City is – that's a good defense that was able to contain Lamar Jackson. And I think they're going to be able to do the same with Josh Allen. I think this is – I mean, they made Derek Carr look good, and that was really random. But I think they might have been looking ahead to Buffalo. I can't come up with any other explanation for letting Derek Carr beat you deep consistently in Arrowhead. Like, there's kind of no other reason for that to happen. So I, I think that that <laughs> team <laughs> – like, I think that defense has a bounce back coming. And I think that it's going to lead to uh, locking up Josh Allen. And then for Dud, I'll go with, uh, I'm trying to find his his matchup here, Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Jets. And, man, I think that the, I think, I kind of think that that defense probably looks better than it actually is on paper. I'm guessing, I haven't watched a whole lot of the Jets, I'll be honest, but, you know, I I don't think that I, I I don't think that they're as good at stopping the pass as what it looks like. It's just they're that bad against the run that you don't have to throw on them all that much. But after watching Jerry Judy just absolutely posterize Pierre Desir, um, their top corner, by the way, I uh, I just don't really have much of a reason to believe that the Jets can stop an offense that's rolling the way the Miami Dolphins are right now. Yeah, I don't hate that one. I I, I, I just don't know if it's smart to go up against Josh Allen. <laughs> it might not be, but like I said, I gotta take a I gotta take a home run swing here. So week one they went up against Josh Allen. This is the Jets, then the 49ers, then the Colts, then the Broncos, and then the Cardinals. Mm, yeah. So I mean they've they've Went up against a couple decent quarterbacks too, with but man, I hear you. Yeah, but in all those games, the the running game was extremely effective, mm-hmm. and it just you know I think that it just kind of it led to a, a negative game script for for those quarterbacks generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't mind it at all, and I like Fitzpatrick. I think he's criminally undervalued, especially like in a this kind of format. I mean, I'll be starting Ryan Fitzpatrick in some leagues, like just because I have to anyway. So yeah, I don't mind this at all. Yeah. What about you, Brian? Where are you at? Uh, so I've got a couple here. Uh, let's go with my stud this week is going to be Deshaun Watson of the Texans. He's ninety nine percent rostered, and they are facing. I didn't even look it up. 
I did look up earlier, but I forget who they're facing. Mm. So I'm going to go look it up again. Sean Watson and the, the Texans are are facing the Titans, who just shut down Josh Allen, uh, who who has not been shut down to this point in the season until this evening. So, um, and then my dud this week is going to be Kirk Cousins. Yeah, uh, that's what 32, I wanted. Thirty-two percent rostered versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, non-existent secondary. Hmm. So, um, I mean, Teddy just ripped them apart. Everybody's been ripping them apart. Atlanta's just no good in general. That defense is awful. I don't know. I mean, Dan Quinn ultimately is responsible, and then they move the defensive coordinator into the interim head coach job, which is a joke because that guy, that defense is awful. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking Cousins. My only my only hesitation with Kirk Cousins is that the Vikings get so far out ahead in this game so quickly that they, you know, it just is Alexander Madison season. I mean, Dalvin Cook is not going to be available. It looks like so that should help um, Cousins a little. Yeah, so maybe they throw the ball a little bit more, especially early in the game. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I just think this is going to be I think this is going to be a high scoring game, anyways. Um, you know, Atlanta can't do a whole lot worse on offense than they've done over the last two weeks. And assuming they bounce back a little bit, you know, hopefully they'll get Julio back. I'm not sure if they will or not, but Jeez, I'm hoping so. Me too. Yeah. Um, but if they get him back, that obviously helps Calvin Ridley out. Um, you know, it, it's, it's that offense, you know, Todd Gurley, I mean, but nobody talks about Todd Gurley anymore at all. That dude's just balling. Like every week, he's scoring at least a touchdown, yep. sometimes two, um, and and up like 70, 80 yards at least. So I mean, he's he's having a pretty good year for a guy on one leg. Um, but but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a high scoring game uh, this week between Atlanta and and Minnesota, and uh, I'm hoping that helps Kirk Cousins, Captain Kirk, mm-hmm. some, Justin, like some Justin Jefferson, um. Brian was uh, was Kirk Cousins somebody you ever liked because of your Michigan roots and Michigan State? Um, so I do not have Michigan roots. Yeah, or you, Michigan State you had Michigan roots. stories that I have. I know it's, I have that it's somewhere in your heart, even if it's not rooted. So was that my Mason Michigan story that I told you? No, you're. Is that, is that, uh, you know, you're you're um, you're putting your roots too much into college football. Um, when I just kind oh. of met the state itself, and oh, like, I uh, love Michigan, the state. There's a bunch of outdoorsmen in Michigan. It's a great, it's a great hunting state. You, you liked the me. Lions one time when we were talking. I love, yes, I love the Detroit Lions. Yes, I have a very soft spot in my heart for Barry Sanders, Powder Blue, the Silver Dome, and Megatron. So yes, uh, but but Kirk Cousins uh, was an enemy of the state uh, in college. He played for the Spartans, who. Uh, ripped apart the Nittany Lions when he was the quarterback for that team. So um, I did not enjoy that. Um, I mean, I think Kirk Cousins in Washington was super underrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was outstanding in Washington. He played, he, he, I mean, he, un, he, he unseated Robert Griffin III, well, him in the turf at FedEx Field. Um, you know, it, but, but his play, I mean, he, he, he played amazing. He was, he was good in Washington, good for fantasy, good for that team. They won games with him at quarterback. Um, Minnesota has been a little bit underwhelming. I mean, Case Keenum did basically what Kirk Cousins has done in Minnesota. Uh, 
So I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in that, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I cousins is serviceable certainly in, mm-hmm. in super flex, you know, I don't get overly excited about him. I don't think he wins you many weeks on his own, but I also, you know, don't necessarily think he loses you a bunch of weeks either. So, yeah, no, I hear you. So I'm going to, I think he's going to, I think he's going to win me this contest this week no i i love that one i wanted cousins i'm gonna switch it up a little bit though just uh just for show sake but yeah i i had my finger on cousins but my stud you guys won't like and i don't think this is going to be a blowout victory for me as far as the quarterbacks go but i'm gonna put my stud lamar jackson 100 percent owned going up against philadelphia <laughs> up against andy dalton on monday night three percent ownership um oh man that's almost cheating the way Arizona. Dak would have been cheating <laughs> it, it, i mean it is you know but so i mean if if dalton beats lamar by half a point i get 97 points <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's what loophole. i need to try to get get up there with brian yep. um yeah it may have been a little loophole do you guys want dalton <laughs> No, I'm good with that. Go for it. And um and 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 again like I like to say this, but the the point of this game is obviously we're having a friendly competition, but the point is that you can actually play some of these duds for viable matchups to help you throughout your super flex seasons. And even though they might not look as pretty on paper like we we are playing these guys, Ryan Fitzpatrick against Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins against Watson and Dalton against Lamar Jackson, kind of like with a stream mindset that they can still do viable things for us. So these are the things we are wearing on our sleeves this week. It's not just like throwing shit at the fan and seeing where it sticks. Like that's actually what we're going to kind of do, but there's more, there's just a little more to it. Like these guys could really put up some points and help you out. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind it because I've, seriously doubt this is going to happen but <laughs> otherwise i w- <laughs> otherwise i would be throwing an asterisk at you for this one. <laughs> oh, but it's been there the whole time john Any- yeah. anybody could have taken dalton i picked last i actually actually picked last yeah <laughs> we just didn't we just didn't do it because we actually have a conscience <laughs> okay okay no that's totally fair so no, you can. No, nope, I, I nope, think nope, you should nope. take him. I, that's, that's, I'm going to take yeah. him. I'm going to take him. But this is what we'll do. Okay, good. Because we're recording okay. on Tuesday night. And you guys, we won't do this for any other players unless you want to. And But I, I don't want to. To handicap, I'll take a handicap. And we will use Andy Dalton's percentage of ownership after waivers clear. Um, I don't think we need to do that, honestly. I mean, I, don't I, either. I, I just believe in Lamar Jackson that much. Ooh, you okay, know, that's I think, what I want to hear. Yeah, that that's the whole thing. It has nothing to do with Dalton. I still just think that Lamar Jackson's going to outscore him. Yeah, and, and he should. <laughs> yeah. Quite frankly. Um, so yeah. the question it's, I wanted to ask you as at the top a, of the show was, yeah. okay, so and because we, we this will come full circle to Lamar. Um, so <laughs> it's even, this is hard for me to admit now that I'm like actually saying it. So my daughter wanted a purple jersey really bad. Like we have fun with jerseys. Like she does Jersey Day. Like my daughter will all of a sudden come out in one of her brother's old jerseys and is like it's Jersey Day. Like put on a jersey <laughs> and like we're like oh shit. Like 
<laughs> tons of excitement. So finally she wanted a purple jersey. Like it was really important to her. So my question and and we went with the Ravens. <laughs> so she got her jersey. Um my question is like did I just put her at risk of becoming a Ravens fan? Like by by like well, help because I mean it, it, you think about stuff like back to your childhood though and like some of the clothes you wore and why you became fans of certain teams whether you know what I mean and we all have like our teams in like Detroit you know Lions and stuff like that but I also remember like some of the pressure of even school and friends and but now she's wearing a Ravens jersey at eight years old <laughs> for her it's because it's purple but yeah what's next. Well, and it, I mean, it seems arbitrary, but honestly, like it's to me, it's just as valid as geographical location. I'm a Broncos fan because I'm born and raised in Denver. But I mean, is that really a good reason to root for that team just because they happen to, you know, to, you know, quote unquote, live on the same right. little piece of dirt that you do? In fact, like they're more likely to have gotten in my way in freaking traffic. <laughs> Because they're actually here. like <laughs> I twenty five is a bitch, man. <laughs> it is. It is. It's horrible, especially by the stadium. In yep. fact, that stadium curve is absolute trash. So I mean, in all, like even if the Broncos aren't the ones physically in traffic, it's still their fault. The traffic yeah. is bad. Yeah. Screw by all them. rights, I should pick any team other than the Broncos. Yeah, I think you should. So yeah, I'm. So do I. I'm going to speak on this too. So I. My views have changed on this recently, like over the past couple of years. Um, I, I used to think that if you were born and raised in a city or in the surrounding area or whatever, that you and that and that city had an NFL team that you should be a fan of that NFL team mm -hmm. because I was. And that's what I knew. Um, it has changed since then. I think I'm with John. Like, I think any reason to root for a team it's fine. You like the color of their jerseys. That's fine. Like, you know, if she ends up wearing that jersey, I mean, you could have picked anybody but the freaking Ravens. It was the Vikings or the Ravens. It was the Vikings or the Ravens. And it wasn't going to be the Vikings. Right. It wasn't going to be the Vikings. It was you, whatever was fans. the so cheapest jersey. I will be completely honest. <laughs> I She has Tory Smith because he was on clearance. <laughs> and, and not because I'm a fan. She didn't care what the player is. She wanted a purple jersey. I went on like the sites to look at jerseys for pretty much like whoever, you know, Diggs was a little bit more expensive. That's the direction I wanted to go. So once I was sold on Diggs, they didn't have her size. Gotcha. And gotcha. then it went to the Ravens. They had a couple players I liked a little bit more, but Tory Smith was like, honestly, it was like $12.99 for a $60 jersey. And and that's yes. what she got. Nice. So. Nice. So but but I am with I am with John in terms of whatever reason you have for choosing a team to root for, I have no issues with that. Here's what I don't like. And I know there are very prominent people in the fantasy football community that I love and respect and admire and have wonderful discussions with who feel totally different about this than I do. Once you pick a team, pick a damn team. Like, don't be this I I I do not like front running. I, I don't like mm. front running. Mm -hmm. You can have teams that you can have multiple teams. You can have multiple teams. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't mind that. But but once you pick a team, if you're if you're a Ravens and and look, I mean your your daughter's very young, and I'm not putting this right, on right. her. Oh, and it, but, it's half joking. I hope you know. Like 
And honestly, if she becomes like, a Ravens fan, that's I'm I'm fine. So Russ Russ Fisher, my buddy, Dynasty Outhouse, Seahawks fan. Didn't watch a whole lot of football ten years ago, but obviously has watched a ton of it since. Okay. Seahawks fan. Like no issues. Like he's gonna be a Seahawks fan till the day he dies. If he switches, I'm gonna be so far up his ass about that 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 he's he's gonna I'm gonna be coming out his nose. Like it's I just don't I don't like that. You're if you're a if you're a you know, a Lions fan, a Bengals fan, a Steelers fan, a Broncos fan, and be a fan of that team. Don't unless they give you a reason. Like, um, I'm trying to think. Like the Bengals oh, yeah. used to hire a bunch of criminals every year. You know, if that bothers you, if that bothers you morally, or or the Patriots have Aaron Hernandez on their team. If that yeah. bothers you morally, you know, some of that stuff, fine. Like if you want to switch because of moral code, I, I don't have a problem with that. But if you switch because the team doesn't win enough, I mean, good for I you, I guess. Got I just don't. I just when the don't Lions like. signed Adrian Peterson, and like you guys kind of heard me, like I was literally almost done just because it bothered me so much. Um, honestly, kind of morally, and I know a lot of people don't like to be hard on Adrian Peterson because of his past. And I'm not even trying to necessarily get into that, but it bothered me so much. It wasn't just because of everything that I had invested into Swift. And honestly, I promise you it wasn't, but it was because of how against I am, how easy we've let him off the hook for what he did versus what some other bad, bad people. I don't want to say bad people, bad decision makers have done. And we keep repeatedly bringing them back up, whether they were 18, 20, 25 versus this growing man that decided to beat his kids with a switch while they were on the floor looking up at him a conscious adult decision that we just decided to let go like nothing happened and if you bring it up people are are uh, people will literally be like well that's all he was brought up and like no other people that have made bad mistakes were brought up in a bad way i think it's a mute point how you were brought up to be completely honest for any of these situations but even if it was how he's brought up, I said I wasn't going to get into this. I'm 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 not going to talk about it. <laughs> it, it yeah, and it's a pretty delicate one. So it's it's one that I generally stay away from, anyways. But I will say, uh, it, it this is just my opinion. But I like you know having a guy like that on the team to me isn't a reason to bail on the entire team. And I know that you didn't, right? But right. some people do, you right. know. Yep. Some some people. Some people bailed on the Bengals because they drafted Joe Mixon or, you know, um, bailed on the Chiefs because they stuck by Tyree Kill. Um, you know, the the Ravens probably lost some fans over Ray Lewis back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, there's there's the thing is like that's not that's not really indicative of the culture. Like the the. Sure. One of the few things that I've seen people bail on an entire on it on their teams, you know, their allegiance to a team that actually makes some sense to me was the Minnesota Love Boat thing. <laughs> I mean, that's way back in the day now, but like that one actually made a little bit of sense to me because that was like that was a lot of the team, right? If not the whole team, but like you know, Matthew Stafford, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, he has no. First of all, he has no say over the fact that Adrian Peterson's now a Detroit Lion. He also doesn't inherit, you know, the the personality traits, the personality flaws of Adrian Peterson. And that, I, to me, that's it. Like that entire roster, 
It's, it's not like the culture changed. Um, it's not like, you know, all of a sudden they all have to just, you know, they all have to carry Adrian Peterson's water. Yeah. Like, off the field for him. It, or anything. it made and me less proud as a fan, John. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes total sense. Um, and, and I mean, there's not a whole lot to be, to have like much pride other than like a lot of the players you just mentioned and, and knowing that they're actually good. There's not a ton like to have pride in, in a team like the lions. So yeah. for me, it was just kind of like, Oh, like it, right. it, uh, it, it was a kick to the gut for whatever reason. Like, um, I've had, I don't know. It, it just bothered me. Yeah, but, but I mean, totally. I, I agree with you, dude. You make so many good points. I really do. But there's also me and how it made me feel and wearing it on my sleeves and wearing that Honolulu blue. Or do I want to get something else Lions now? Like, probably not for a minute. Like, it, it affected me like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still my team. Like, you're totally right. But it did it did change, like, even purchases I've made, I would say to be completely yeah. honest with you. Like, it doesn't feel the same. Adrian yeah. Peterson jersey is the only jersey I have ever thrown in the trash, and it wasn't a Lions one. Yeah, and I all that's fair, for sure. Um, I, I Like I said, I just think that it would be it would be a little too extreme for me um, to, to change your allegiance to the team on that, but, I mean, you didn't do that. I don't, you yeah, know, and I don't you know. And think a lot more did. level-headed than most of us, too, so... <laughs> wait but, a minute are we talking about john hogue right now or? <laughs> yeah we, i also the the broncos have had their you know more than their share of uh of controversy and drama that i've had to to kind of look past over the years too mm-hmm. yeah no i hear you but that we one daryl gardner randomly punch out some old guy at, at waffle house or what <laughs> i hop yeah Stick with them through that. Clogging up the highways, punching old people. (laughs) Yeah. And then we had Josh McDaniels. I mean, that guy was a total piece of crap. Not like while he was here too. Not just as a not just a patriot. Mm -hmm. He brought the exact same stuff to Denver that he did in New England. We we got caught spying on the freaking San Francisco 49ers, who at the time were like five and (laughs) ten. And he still had to spy on them and videotape their practice. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty shitty. But, you know, that that's not the Broncos culture. That's Josh McDaniels culture, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that's totally fair. I, I really, truly do. It just hurt, John. It was the last place I thought I would see Adrian Peterson sign. Totally. Yeah. But this is a pretty good show. Went a little long. You guys got anything you want to add before we get out of here? It's just good to be back, man. Good to be back on the on the mic with you two. Oh, dude, I don't even want to talk about how good it is because it's so good. <laughs> like, I don't even want to like so add good. that pressure to you or anything. But man, yes, I've been waiting for this, bro. Reunited, and it feels so good. Oh, you sh- I, I and I'm gonna bring us all. I'm song. I'm gonna bring us all down now. Not really. Um, <laughs> I, I am. I, so I am going to mention, though, um, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the Superflex Super Show episode that um, John did um, and released Tuesday, yep. um, make sure you go check that out. Uh, it's outstanding work um, and a real heartfelt tribute to our friend James the Brain. Um, and John, I can't thank you enough for doing that. I know I've told you this privately, but... Um, 
you said a lot of the things I think that uh, we are all feeling. Um, and that was therapeutic for me. Um, and I hope that it was the same for you, brother. Oh, thanks dude. Yeah. I, I definitely needed to, uh, to voice some of that stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if nothing else, it was for an audience of one, um, but everybody else who happens to listen and, uh, um, you know, enjoys it and, or, you know, gets anything out of it, um, is a huge bonus, but, um, I, I appreciate it, man. That really means a lot coming from you. No, dude. No I mean, it, it was so on point too. And I, it, just to add to it, like, and I don't mean this in a bad way. Like everybody wants, you, you need to go listen to that. Like, um, I was telling these guys before we got on the show, even my wife was sitting there. And at one point I looked at her and I said, how in the hell am I going to go in there and record with these guys right now? <laughs> and, um, and it wasn't a bad thing. The feelings that I had were like those, those good, bad feelings. Do you know what I mean? Kind of. Um, yep. But, but I really was just kind of like, Oh wow. Like, how do I go do this now? Like right now we have to go do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, um, mm-hmm. man, uh, I don't know. It, it was amazing. And I know most of you, if not all of you are listening to this for fantasy football content, but listen to it with your wife, listen to it with your significant other, um, listen to it with anybody there. It is an amazing tribute to James, all of our friend from John, but it's an amazing tribute just to life. And there's so much in there that you can take out of it that you're going to feel things you need to feel, things you haven't felt in a while, probably. Um, honestly, I hope there are things you haven't felt in a while, um, but things you need to feel here and there in life. And uh, man, I don't know. So many things I, I heard Brian to compliment earlier, and, and you said it so well, just kind of like one of the best things I've listened to, like not fantasy football, but one of the best things I've listened to. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. <clears throat> definitely appreciate it. It was, it was heartfelt and it was emotionally draining for sure. And uh, I felt the same way. I was like, I, I don't know how, how to go podcast about fantasy football after that. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like we were all feeling that, but um, I think that it went really well. I certainly enjoyed it by the time I got here and uh, saw, you know, heard you, you guys' voices and saw Har and saw, swag's little uh <laughs> sniper character uh i was energized and ready to go so like i said i mean it, it it's it's stuff that i needed to get off my chest it was stuff that uh, i needed to put out into the universe and i needed um you know whatever whatever manifestation you believe that mm-hmm. uh that james kind of took on <laughs> um you know I, I i needed him to uh, to hear this stuff. Um, I wish that I had said it when I had the opportunity to say it to his face, but, um, I needed to say it to him, but, um, you know, it was, it was all important stuff, but, uh, I also just at the same time, I, I really missed podcasting with you guys and, uh, was excited to get back to it and, um, just love the opportunity that we got to sit down and talk today. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. This was a lot of fun. Tell them who you are and everything's about you. We'll start with you, super Brian. Flex, or you, John. <laughs> I just jumped in. I should have thrown uh, it super at one flex. of you. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, yeah, I, 
it just I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of used to just uh, just jumping the gun. That's that's a lot of times that's my role. So um, yeah, uh, super flexible is always a fun one because that's not my role. But uh, sometimes I try and take it anyways. As super flex dude <laughs> oh, on take Twitter, it. take it. <laughs> As super flex dude in, on Twitter and co-host of the super flex super show and super flexible. Yeah, and I'm at Brian Har FF on Twitter. Um, also co-host of Superflex Super Show and Super Flexible. And uh, Trade Addicts Pod. Swags will yell at me if I don't say it. Yeah, you should. Sometimes like when you're doing your own shows, you don't give enough credit to other projects you're doing for sure. I am at Swagzilla Zero G, proud owner of an up-and-coming Ravens fan. This is the Super Flexible Podcast. I'll see if I got Andy Dalton added to any teams within the show. I didn't send out all the offers I want to. <laughs> I have no rejected offers. That's that's a good sign. No, none have been accepted though. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could, could go, uh, could go in your favor. In my experience, it usually doesn't. Right. It means that offer sucks, and I don't want to tell you. Especially once a player hits the block, you pretty much know they're. Un- unobtainable this year like oh this guy wants to trade <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope 